Moments like this, these last two football games, being able to do what we've done, energize a city, right? Energize a, a, a town, energize fans, uh, is only going to make us better moving forward. And that's the part that I'm excited about. No one, no one thought we should be here, and we just kept believing. And it was really cool, really cool to be a part of. And, and it was special. And like I said, just the beginning. You know, I, I go back to April, and I, I told the team in April, I said, expect to play playoff games on the road in Cincinnati, Buffalo, and Kansas City. You know, I think that was this this year, obviously, was huge for, for this organization, for our city, for just our franchise, you know, moving forward. And, and it kind of sets the bar of, of, of who, who we're going to be and, and what we're going to do moving forward. And and that's the mindset, and, the, and we won't settle for less than that. And this this won't be this won't be the last you guys hear of us. So we'll be back. This boy got a hit. Ten Ten XL ninety two point five FM presents Jaguars Today with your hosts Mike Dempsey and Tony Smith. Wait, whoa, 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 Mike Dempsey and Tony Smith. He's even standing in here. In the studio <laughs> this morning, where's huh? Where's ET? Is he not here today? I could have sworn I just saw him like a second ago. Man, that's unbelievable. All right, wow. E, you step out of the room for five seconds. Ten Ten XL ninety two point five FM presents Jaguars today with your host Mike Dempsey, Tony Smith, and E to the T. Ah, there he is. <laughs> yeah. Can't leave that new guy alone for two minutes, man. I'm right here, dog. He My cut bad. you out like that. Just like that, snip, snip, snippity, snip, snip. How you doing? Oh, I'm good, man. Everything good? Give me some, give me some love. Oh yeah. A little dap right there. <laughs> Usually, I can't reach ET. He's in a completely different room. He's hanging out. Sit down. Well, I just need to uh, complete my. Uh, oh, you got work to do? No, I just need to stand up for a little. bit. You know, I'll be sitting down all day. And then right, just, right, all right. Now let me go ahead and sit. Just yeah, relax. Get comfortable. You know, make me feel like you're getting ready to run out on us. <laughs> what are you doing? What do you have to complete? Oh no! I just like I need to stand up because I'm sitting down all morning in there. So I don't ever. Sometimes I'll lap around the studio. I haven't got to do that yet today, so I'll just stand up. All right. Well, on the break, Bet. you want to go wherever <laughs> lap. your lap takes you. <laughs> you go. Good morning, Tony Smith. Good morning. Yeah, we timed uh, Tom McManus going down to get a water uh, a couple of weeks ago. He was like, "Time me!" as he ran out the door <laughs> to go get water. And uh, it was 13 seconds. He got down there, got the water, and got back in 13. It's yeah. pretty good. You know, you see all those commercials. You think it's fun hanging out on the uh, behind the scenes on Sports Center. It's really 1010XL <laughs> where all the crazy stuff happens. Speaking of Sports Center, uh, Kuiper on this morning. I like Mel Kuiper. I do because you can ask him about Johnny Smith the 18th mm-hmm. out of you know whatever Daddy Warbucks College in Poughkeepsie. And it doesn't matter. He knows something about generally every prospect off the top of his head. Yeah. He obviously watches a ton of film. He comes on today and he says, Bryce Young is my number one quarterback in the draft if he weighs 195 or over. Oh. If he's under 195, Will Levis is my number one quarterback in the draft. So you're telling me <laughs> that if Bryce Young is 193 and a half, uh-huh. I'm not even going to put it at 194, 193 and a half, he's no longer your number one quarterback? Yeah. Or if he shows up he, and he's 194 and he slams a gallon of water, 
oh, now he's back to being the number one quarterback because he, he weighs 195. Like, I could get it if Kuyper gets up there and says, I want to see how, you know, what he weighs, but how that weight is distributed, how he looks, and uh, the whole thing. You know, a little worried about his frame. That's understandable. Mm-hmm. Draw a line and say, if he's 195 or over, he's quarterback one. If he's not, then if he's 194 and a half pounds, seriously, yeah. it's he's a no weird, longer the top quarterback. It's a weird line to draw in the sand. It, it's, it's a, a very going to the specific combine. line. Yeah, it's like, okay, so you don't think he can play the position of 193? Right, but he can at 196. Right, like just doesn't make all that much sense. I guess you're saying he can play it. He yeah. just can't play it as well as Will Levis can if I he suppose. is under 195. Just say he's your number one quarterback, right? And I hope he weighs <laughs> And this. I have concerns about his frame. Yeah. And that's the big concern. I guess that's what he's saying, but saying it in a weird way. Yeah, I guess. E.T., are you a combine watcher? Uh, I used to be. I'm not just. I'm not into it like I used to be. Yeah. I, really, I just used to like to watch the 40. Yeah, that's really it. I don't even need to watch it. I don't, you're going to see them all by that night, all the highlights, and True. you know, like it, all you have to, all you need is Twitter for five minutes that's for it. me. And again, like people like the XFL, watch the XFL. I'm not trying to make you stop watching the XFL. I'm not trying to make you not watch the scouting combine. I don't need to see it. I'd rather see the quarterbacks throw than almost anything. Even the the forty yard dash, forty yard dash. I don't care what the guy looks like. I just got to see what that number is. Mm-hmm. And when they click the stopwatch, and I can see that number. The next day, uh, just as well. I am curious if the lightweight uh, Bryce Young feels the pressure right now with the the throwing portion of the combine coming up Saturday. C.J. Stroud's going to throw. Will Levis going to throw? Anthony Richardson's going to throw. Mm-hmm. And look, I don't. If he feels that that's the best route for him to get selected highly, is to not be compared side by side with these guys. I mean, look. It's your path, man. Take the path that you want to. I think you, you know, I fully support his right not to throw if he chooses to. I just know how those NFL guys are. Remember when Calvin Johnson showed up and he wasn't going to work out? And they're like, no, we came to see you run. So he borrowed a pair of shoes from somebody and ran like four three nine. Yeah. <laughs> you know, I don't know, Bryce. It, like, if you're going to throw, come prepared. Don't let him talk you into it at the last minute. But it doesn't seem like at this moment necessarily, uh, at least that we've heard, that Bryce Young is going to compete to that degree. Yeah, you at least hear the conversations coming out of the combine that the, you know, the competitive, this guy's afraid to compete. Like those kind of things like get whispered out there. Whether or not it ultimately affects these guys draft stock or not, we I'll never know the answer to any of those questions, right? Only the guys making the decisions on the draft picks know if it has any impact on the way that they evaluate these guys, but those conversations are at least had. And you add those conversations into the mix if you're the guy saying, no, I'm not going to throw, right? If everyone else is throwing and you're the guy going, nah, I'm not going to do it. Right. Look, I get it. Bryce Young goes, check the back of the bubblegum card, all right, as if there's a bubblegum. But you get the idea. His numbers are ridiculous for the last two years. They're absolutely absurd. Did I play the highest level of college football in the SEC? Did I excel? Will Levis played in the SEC. I get it. He's not surrounded with the same talent that Alabama has, but, you know, Guy had what nineteen touchdowns, ten interceptions this year. Will Levis, yeah, but, you know we just like his 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 frame. He's big. He's got a strong arm. Yeah, it's kind of similar to me to the you know Peterson giving the vets the week off, right? Like it's it's similar to me. It's fine as long as it works. If it works, it's right. Exactly. Right. Like if Young still winds up getting drafted, you know, top two or three, maybe even number one when everything is said and done, then and who, who cares, cares if right. he worked out at the combine? But you create the questions up until we find out where you get drafted about did you make a mistake 
by not working out, the questions are at least out there if you're the one guy who didn't. Quite frankly, said someone not named Stephen A. Smith, uh-huh. uh, that, you know, for all we know, Bryce Young goes out there, doesn't look as whatever uh, compared to some of these other guys, right? Obviously, yeah. nobody's going to have the arm strength of Richardson, uh, you know, and some of the athletic measurables of him. But, okay, he also has the film to back it up. Bryce Young may throw on Saturday and get picked third, you know, or whatever, third among quarterbacks. And we'll never know if that's why, right? Or he may not throw and get picked first, second, or third among quarterbacks, and we won't know if that's ultimately anything that decided it. I I know one thing, though, uh, with the the combine once again um, ready to roll today. We got John Shipley joining us later this hour. But I posted a picture of both Doug Peterson and Trent Baalke I guess Balky got the high res today. Balky, oh. <laughs> sharpest. Ha- I, I should try you and Tony. Honestly, I, I don't know what it is. Maybe it's yesterday. It was the same thing. Picture on the left, blurry. Picture on the right, crystal clear. Right, Balky masterclass once again mm-hmm. for uh, Trent. Good job. But uh, today's Chad and Sandy real estate question of the day: If you could ask Doug Peterson or Trent Balky one thing, and we're guaranteed an honest answer. What would you ask, uh, ET? What what jumps to mind? Off the top of my head, it goes. The question is going to general manager Trent Bulky, and I would probably ask him like his true feelings during like the whole clown movement. Like, what was his That's thought a good process? Question. Like, did he did was he feeling the pressure, or was it just something that went in one year and out of the other? Was he truly able to block it out, right. or did it like bother him? I, I find it hard to believe that. And I get it. People are like, you know, I'm you got to you got to. Box that stuff uh-huh. out mentally. Uh, I don't know, man. That's, right. You know, everybody seemingly, it clearly wasn't everybody, but uh, a vocal minority of your fan you base. You could hear it. Right. Yes. You could hear it. You uh, knew what was going on. Yeah. And, and for the weeks leading up to <laughs> right. the game and all that. That's a good one. Um, so, anyway, that's our question of the day. Uh, as both Doug Peterson and Trent Balky will speak, they'll speak after we get off the air at noon today. Uh, XL Primetime, I would imagine, will carry those. Uh, for you, I don't want to speak for them, but I would think that's a pretty fair bet. But you'll hear plenty from the head coach and general manager of your Jaguars throughout the course of the day today. And we'll bring you some of those selected thoughts on the program tomorrow. So whatever you would like to have asked, I'm not. Uh, we're not in position to ask. And maybe John Shipley will pass along. Maybe he'll mm-hmm. read the, the Twitter thread. But uh, Ship is in Indianapolis, and he will join us. Uh, the Frangie Show is going to be in Indianapolis covering the Combine. We'll have Hayes Carline on hopefully later on. Uh, this week, and uh, we'll get into a few mocks today, including Mel Kuyper. That's why he's on SportsCenter today talking about the quarterback rankings. doesn't particularly directly affect the Jacksonville Jaguars, but it certainly affects their division rivals uh, as to what order the quarterbacks come off the board here. He's got Houston trading up one spot with Chicago, and then Chicago trading down again with Indianapolis, and then welcome Bryce Young and C.J. Stroud uh, to the division, of course, Kuyper says that uh, Will Levis is his second-ranked quarterback, or maybe first, depending on how much Bryce Young weighs, but that uh, not everyone in the league agrees with that assessment, so he doesn't project him over those guys. He does have Carolina trading up to five to take Will Levis, and then he has Seattle, uh, who would be trading down with Carolina, taking a flyer on Anthony Richardson under the idea that they may franchise tag Geno Smith and have him for a year with uh, Richardson having some time to percolate on the bench and uh, acclimate himself to the NFL game. So if you want to get in today, 
10-10 is the easy way to do it. We can talk about the uh, scouting combine getting underway in Indianapolis, talk about free agency, which will be here before you know it in just a couple of weeks now. We're at the last day of February. I think it's the 15th, Tony, of uh, March that we uh, open up. I believe that's correct, free agency. yes. I, it's one of those questions. I put Tony on the spot, and then he's supposed to know the exact date <laughs> of something that I don't know the date of. That's right, Tony, isn't it? Uh, why do you do this to me? <laughs> I hate when people do that to me, but I turned it around on him there. Uh, we got a couple more mocks that we'll look at today as well and with some different names uh, for the Jags that we typically have seen, at least with the first-round projection. So 641-1010 on the phone lines or the text line designed by Lifetime Enclosures or hit us up on Twitter today, at MD underscore 1010XL, at 1010XL Fat Tony, and at IME to the Come on, somebody. Oh, it sounds so much better when you're sitting in here in it the studio. It does sound different. Doesn't yeah, it? It yeah. really does. Sounds yeah. sharper, a little <laughs> richer uh, with all that. So, all right, when we go to break, are you going to take off running or are you just going to walk? What are you, you going to do here? Time me. I'm going to go get some water. Time me. <laughs> <laughs> Whatever. McManus minus one. That's what uh, I had you in at. So you guys can uh, battle it out on Friday if you want to. All right, ET's hanging with us. Uh, I'm Mike Dempsey along with Tony Smith. You're listening to Jaguars today. John Shipley coming up in about 30 minutes. We'll take a look at Kuyper's first mock draft and what he has the Jacksonville Jaguars doing. And we'll talk about things that we'd like to hear from Doug Peterson and Trent Balky. Which questions would we like answered? We'll discuss that today, and we'll hear those answers coming up this afternoon right here on 1010XL and 92.5 FM. Jaguars today on 1010XL 92.5 FM. And poof like that, your uh, cap problems are gone. If you're the Jacksonville <laughs> Jaguars, basically. I mean, according to Field Yates' report this morning, the Jags converted a total of $32.657 million of base salary for Christian Kirk, Zay Jones, and Brandon Sheriff into signing bonuses, which creates a total of $26.14 million in cap space this year. Now, keep in mind, most of the projection, like on the high-ish end, $32-33 million roughly over the cap, mm -hmm. right? As uh, That's factoring in Calvin Ridley's contract, presuming he gets reinstated. So, you get 10-point-whatever, call it 10, for Foyer-Lewican. Then you get Roy Robertson-Harris redoing his deal, but you also added... C.J. Beathard and Jermichael Hasty back to the roster as they were pending free agents. So I'm going to presume that what you saved on Roy Robertson-Harris will cover those two guys, and that's a net wash. I don't know. Mm -hmm. You might have saved a little more. You might have saved a little less. But we don't, we're don't. we not privy to the exact breakdown yet of Roy Robertson-Harris's deal. So putting that aside, if you say he his, rest or his extension – and the lowering of his cap figure that would come with it, you would presume, is going to cover Beathard, cover Hasty. So you, you save a little over $10 million on Foyer Lewican. Then you do Kirk, Zay Jones, and Sheriff. And that's 26. So you're nearing $37 million that you've created in cap space. Yeah. Most of the higher end projections had them at like 32.5 over the cap. So just like that. You're in the black now. That doesn't mean you have the money to franchise tag Evan Ingram, sign your rookie class, go out there and maybe plug a hole or two mm -hmm. in unrestricted free agency. Not saying they're they're going to go splash around the cash. They don't have the cash uh, or the cap space like they've had in recent years, but 
might like to add a player or two to the mix. What about bringing Arden Key back? All these guys. So they're not there yet, but they're a lot closer than they were. Uh, and they're in, right now, you'd say, pretty good shape yeah. um, when the dust settles. And uh, it probably won't settle for another couple of days in terms of getting specific figures on these guys. Sure. And look, we've been talking about what they're going to do with the cap for since the season ended, essentially, right? Like these are the moves they're going to have to think about move through to create enough cap space to hold on to any of these guys, those kinds of things. I, As we said, I wasn't concerned that they weren't going to have the money to be able to keep Evan Ingram if they wanted to and keep Arden Key if they wanted to. Like, there were options for them to go about making that happen. And they've put those things in place over the course of the last three or four days. They've started to get to work on these kind of things. And players, when you walk to them and say, hey – how about we convert your salary into a signing bonus? They're going to say, yeah, right? Like there's no... Yeah, so you're going to give me all my money right now. Right. You're going to give me all the money now. There's no reason not to do it. And you have the flexibility to do it because Shot Khan has cash. So yeah, the Jags are taking advantage of whatever the... When we say the cap is fake, that's what I mean by the cap is fake. If you have an owner that is flush with cash, the cap isn't going to bite you necessarily like you can always just say you know what we'll convert it into this he gives them a check and you move on right so you can always kind of play with the cap it's what New Orleans has been doing for a half decade now and they're 30 million dollars over the cap too and they're saying yeah we th- we're serious about signing car right which right. Who, maybe another wants 30 million bucks right it's how are they going to do that well the way they've done it for the past half decade yeah somebody just sent me a picture of uh on the text line designed by lifetime enclosures of Trent Balky's face superimposed on a Waffle House worker. Trent is cooking this morning. <laughs> yes, he is. The official restaurant of your Jacksonville Jaguars. Not really, but they get the free publicity. They do, uh, yeah. For that one. Uh, we'll just give it to him. E, uh, will the Jags bring Evan Ingram back? Absolutely. Will they bring back Jawan Taylor? I think so. You do think so? Do. Will they bring back Arden Key? I would like so. You would like so? You're more confident they'll bring back Jawan Taylor than Arden Key? I think, yeah, I think. Unfortunately, I think Arden is third on the totem pole when it comes to the three of them. He may be. I just I'm curious to see what his yeah open market value is. You know, yeah. he's still a guy who's had like ten sacks in in two years. I mean, he's good, and maybe the feeling is if you play him on a full time basis, he'll be that much better, and that may be the case. You know, but uh, ah, man, I I go back. That's probably the number one thing I want, Trent Balky. To answer, what's his confidence level in Juwan Taylor being on this football team? Mm. Honestly, because I have a high confidence level still on Evan Ingram. I, if yeah. I'm going to ask him one question, I'm not going to waste it on that one. Yeah. yeah, you know what? What is like? What? And I don't want the. Well, we're hopeful. You know, we're working it out with Juwan, and I'm working on my bulky. Yeah, you know, he's got <laughs> the kind of, kind of a gruff little thing. Anyway, um, I you know, brass tacks. What do you think? Like, what are you willing to bet? Trent, that you get a deal done with Juwan. <laughs> you know better than any of us, yeah. right? Uh, other than Juwan's representatives and what they're thinking. And, and But uh, that would be probably the number one thing for me uh, to find out today. I don't think he's going to give you that. You know, I'm just sure they're going to talk about how yeah. they're working. They've got a process. They've got a list. We really like Juwan. We want him to be back and here you, in Jacksonville. That, that's good. You know, like that, that, that kind of better. thing. <laughs> that was better, I think. Yes. I like your bulky. <laughs> I'll give you that one, maybe. Um, I try to do everybody else. Uh, let's get David and Green Cove up here to kick things off this morning. Going to get to Kuiper's mock. Uh, Going to get to Shipley, uh, John Shipley of Jaguar Report, about 18 minutes away, live in Indianapolis. Uh, David, you're on Jaguars today. Good morning. Hey, guys. 
Just a couple of questions. The first one is for for you guys, and that is, uh, is there a limit to how much you can spend uh, in sinus bone in in signing bonus money? But my question for Balky is, would you? Is there any scenario at all that you would consider bringing back Jalen Ramsey? And I hope the answer to that is no, because I think he would just interrupt what we have going on here. I got you. But your your first question was, is there a limit to how much bonus money you can pay? Is that correct? Yes. Okay. Uh, I don't. I don't believe there's any. I don't think so. Limit. I mean, there, yeah. There's a limit. Hey, Shad. How much cash? Yeah. Do you have? How much bread you got in that bank? <laughs> because look, let's be serious. Mike Brown up in Cincinnati for years. That was one of the things. Arizona. They were. They were known as teams that weren't cash flush, mm-hmm. and therefore couldn't structure contracts in a certain way. And when you look, like I, I believe, is it still the case? I think it still is that they have that deal in the CBA that you have to put whatever amount of money you're guaranteeing a player, you have to set that aside in like an escrow yeah. to prove that. Like, you can't say, I'm going to guarantee you $250 million, then go, how the hell am I going to come up with a quarter of a billion dollars, right? So if that's the case, mm-hmm. if you're if you're Shad Khan, you're one of the richest owners in the NFL, and you want to guarantee Trevor Lawrence $400 million in his next contract. Yeah. I'm just pulling a number out of my backside, right? He can do that. He yeah. can set that aside. Not every NFL owner is as cash rich. Didn't that, I think that's what happened with the, the Khalil Mack thing whenever he was sent over from, where did he come from, Chicago? Yeah. Yes. The, 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 wherever it was, it's like they couldn't afford to pay him, so they had to get rid of him. I, when he went to the Raiders, I, right? Maybe it was I the think, Raiders. I think the Raiders ultimately felt like he had priced it like for his level of production. Right. But whatever guaranteed money they gave him, because I think when they traded, didn't they give him – a contract extension when he first got there, if I'm not mistaken. I believe so. I think they did. I yeah. did it to Tony again. I put him in a position <laughs> where I'm asking him like an obscure thing about an individual player and forcing him to go, I think you're right. <laughs> I think you're right. Damn it. Now let me look it up. Um, so, uh, yeah. I mean, it, the Raiders are another team. Mm-hmm. Mark Davis, maybe they some say the least cash-rich owner mm. in the National Football League. I don't know, man. I don't – you know what I mean? It's like, hard to believe, like, those guys, those big whiz, like, where the cash at? Well, man? they all have cash. Uh-huh. They have ridiculous amounts. But when, you know, one guy is like a, a – has like $10 billion, mm-hmm. right? And another guy – you can own a team, but you could be – you know, you could be leveraged and you can – you know, you've got – not they always talk about being liquid, right? You got to be yeah. like Shad. Shad's invested, but he's also liquid. <laughs> like, I got to feel that like man he's got a like a. But when I say liquid, he's got like a swimming pool full of liquid gold. Uh, if he if he needed it, I mean, he's never been shy about spending it on this football team. Yeah, my here. guess is you would be limited as far as the amount of bonus money that you could give a player because they still have to have whatever the minimum base salary is. Right, So you'd have to have that set aside. We have to pay him this much. This is what that would look like weekly. But the rest, I assume you could give it all in bonuses if you wanted to. Yeah, I don't see why there's a limit on, yeah. on the bonus money, right? Yeah. And there may be a wink, wink, nod, nod, don't go crazy. It would be limited by the crazy. cap, right? Yes, like, right. That would be your Obviously. limit. But yeah. in terms of what's a bonus, what's straight salary, I don't think it really matters sure. as long as you have a mechanism. Now, that's an interesting question for Trent Balky. I think Trent Balky's answer should be, I'm not going to say no to anything under the right circumstances, right? He he doesn't need to worry, I don't think, about the fans' feelings about Jalen Ramsey, right? And I get it. You you should worry, does adding Jalen Ramsey to an equation mess up the chemistry? Yes, he should worry about that. He shouldn't worry about how I feel about him or anybody else feels about him. 
And I would say as a GM, I wouldn't I would expect him to not rule that out, right? Like like would you under any circumstance would you have Jalen Ramsey back? Well, let's see. Jalen Ramsey, um, I could get him for a sixth round pick. Mm-hmm. Right? And and uh what I mean, sure, there are circumstances where any GM in the league would take a shot on Jalen Ramsey. I saw somebody project a Jalen Ramsey trade uh in the last twenty four hours and was expecting the Rams to be able to get a first rounder and a second rounder next year Ooh. for it. Well, they gave up two two firsts and a fourth, right? I mean, you got to say they won that deal massively. Even if the mm-hmm. Jags had selected all pro players with those picks, you they can say, all right, Bowl. they got a Super Bowl. Yep. E, and if they were to get a first and a second, yeah, right? You so you gave a first, a first and a fourth. So basically, let's take that one of those firsts out of each column, right? So you gave a first and a fourth. You got what? Three years? Four? How many years out of Ramsey do they get? Four now? Has it been four? Three. Three. Yeah. Won a Super Bowl. Two and a half. He played like a pro bowler the whole time, and you still get some of these picks coming back on the back end. They won, man. I mean, that's that's a big win for them, but that doesn't mean it was guaranteed to go that way either. You know? I mean, that's a risk when you bring in a guy like that. Let's get Dave in New Jersey up next once to weigh in on the question of the day. Dave, good morning. Hey, good morning. You, you, you kind of already kind of touched on my question. I was just going to be uh, – my question for Trent Balk is going to be, uh, if there were if salary cap implications in, in, in a fair value would be somewhat – and the trade value would be somewhat fair, how interested would the team be, ownership be, in actually ever bringing back Ramsey? If Obviously, if, if the compensation could be fair and obviously if we were – if salary cap wasn't an issue, how interested personally – would the team be on bringing, J- bringing Jalen Ramsey back based on strictly a likability factor? Like, do you want to work with the guy? That would be my question because I love Ramsey as a player. I will appreciate think. it. I mean, look, this is – it's a pointless question in the end, right? I, I know yeah. a lot of these things that we would ask would be kind of pointless to some degree or another. But, I, I mean, even if he told – like, I don't think Trent Balky. what does Trent Balky care about Jalen Ramsey's likability factor? You know, no. other than how he fits – in well, the locker room. That's more of a coaching staff question to me than it is like your coaching staff says we cannot have this guy here, Tony. Uh, and then you communicate that very aggressively to the front office. Like that's not going to work. I think, you know, if they truly make these decisions collectively, um, that's one thing. I don't think Trent Balky's going to go, well, I don't, I don't care about how he fits in with the chemistry of this team. I think they've made that a focal point of building this roster. Well, and I have no idea how much of the rift that Jalen Ramsey created and felt when he was here here in, in Jacksonville was at the – he would lay at the feet of Shot Khan, right, or Tony Khan, because those are the guys that are left, essentially, that he was dealing with at that time from a coaching and front office perspective. The owner's still here, and the owner's son's still here. Is he bitter with those guys, and are those guys bitter with Jalen Ramsey? I don't know what the answer to those are. Trent Baalke, I think you're right. Like, you you go to the coaches and say, can you work with this guy? Are you hearing that it would be a problem to work with this guy in this locker room? Do you want to add that in? Okay, and then you go to the owner and say, are you okay with this? Right? Right. And I think Shad was talking about it at the time. He was like, I want to pay him. Right. If if it helps us win, I'll do it. Yeah. I think he's probably mad at Coughlin and and Caldwell as much as anybody. Yeah. No longer directly here, E. But um, somebody on the text line, only way Ramsey can come back is if he issues an apology to the fans and then teammates for taking or for faking an injury and then quitting. That's how we feel emotionally. Yeah. That's not, you know. If Jalen Ramsey came back, do you think they'd make it a stipulation? Oh, by the way, you have to apologize to the fans. 
No, I don't. I first of all, you know the the premise of the question. Well, if Ramsey was didn't want to, what was it? Didn't want to break the bank, and he was gonna mm-hmm. be a good. Well, you can't count on him to do any of these things because no. he lies. Mm-hmm. So Jalen Ramsey comes here. The first thing he's gonna want is a brand new contract. Are you kidding me? Well, you just gave up all this for me. I don't think seventeen million a year is good enough anymore. Mm-hmm. I'm still the best in the business, and that whatever team trades for Jalen Ramsey better be prepared to give him a new contract on top of whatever you're giving up to get him. No doubt. And just know that when things don't go well, he's going to point the finger at somebody else because that's who he is. I mean, quite frankly, I ho- look, all these people <laughs> that, that keep texting in, he quit on us. He quit on I get it. Yeah. I don't want him here. I've said that since day one. You Once you quit, once you faked an injury, you're done. You're dead to me. Get out of here. Wouldn't welcome him back under any circumstances, quite frankly. I can't trust a guy like that, even if I got him for free. Now – I'm not the general manager of the team. It's not my job on the line. I'm not the one who has to try to remove myself from that situation, but that's the way I feel about it. Mm-hmm. But, you know, that doesn't mean that's the best way to do business necessarily. Look, I don't think anybody in this room thinks there's a chance in hell that Jalen Ramsey is ever going to play for the Jaguars again. So, at least I don't. E, you agree don't, disagree? Yeah, I don't think he's going to play for the Jags. I, I can't say – I can't uh, – first of all, look, could we use a lockdown corner? Who couldn't, mm-hmm. right? But you just – Redid all these contracts, created enough space to barely get your nose above the break-even point, and you still don't have enough to franchise tag Evan Ingram, if the calculations are correct right now. So if you're going to look to give up major draft capital and add $17 million a year at minimum to your salary cap, just don't think they're playing in that market no. right now. And you can add in James Palmer, at least here in the last hour, has tweeted out, uh, the Jags have already finished their work on free agent evaluations and don't expect them to be very active, if even at all. And maybe that plays into trading for a veteran, too. Obviously, that you'd have to sign to a big-time contract. They say He said they're focused on their own free agents. Not a big surprise. There's a good amount of confidence right now. Something will be worked out, and they'll bring Evan Ingram back. But he didn't mention yeah. Well, I, I think, or any yeah, of the right. other guys. We've all got the high degree of confidence Evan Ingram's coming back. Uh, we'll talk with John Shipley coming up here in a minute. Uh, see what he thinks. But that I think that's kind of – that's the Jags getting the word out, yep. right? Like, hey, you know, guys, yeah, we're clearing a bunch of cap space, but that doesn't mean we're going to go out there and, like, if Deron Payne wasn't franchise tag, we'd be dropping $20 million on a new defensive yep. tackle. We can't play in that market right now. And that's fine. They think they have a team that can compete. They'll add a few pieces. Hopefully, they'll get a big uh, step forward from Trevor Lawrence this year as well, and that's where a lot of the internal improvement – will come from. So the question today, if you want to hit us up on Twitter today, Adam D underscore 1010XL at 1010XL Fat Tony at IME to the T. If you could ask Doug Peterson or Trent Balky one question and we're guaranteed an honest answer, what would you ask? And uh, they will both be speaking today shortly afternoon. So keep it tuned right here all day to 1010XL and 92.5 FM. Everything you need to know about the Jags. Jaguars today on 1010XL. All right, let's head up to Indianapolis. And uh, our man John Shipley of Jaguar Report, an offshoot of Sports Illustrated, joining us from on the ground at the site of the scouting combine in Indianapolis. Uh, Ship, good morning. How are you, sir? Hey, doing great, my friend. How are you doing? We're doing all right, man. We're flush with cap space now. So we're, <laughs> oh, yeah. We're good. Never, never a, a concern. Um, John... I, to me, the biggest pressing question with this football team is, are they going to be able to retain 
Jawan Taylor under some kind of contract. Uh, what What's your latest feeling on that? Yeah, no, I mean, I, I've always felt that, you know, the Jaguars really wanted to make it happen, that, you know, there's avenues to make it happen. I, you know, even the franchise tag, if they make a deal with Evan Ingram, potentially, you know, that could be on play. And clearing up all this cap space, you know, the restructures, the impending eventual release of Shaq Griffin, who I, I know people get worried each day that he isn't released yet, but I still expect that to happen. There's just too much money to save for a guy who really kind of fell out of favor with the team and the coaching staff last year. So I, I, I think that, you know, in terms of Jawan Taylor, I still think that he's going to want to test the market just because, you know, again, 25-year-old tackle, lots of games started under his belt, just had a career year. I think he's going to want to hear what other teams say. But I do think the Jaguars have at least put themselves in a position to be, you know, competitive, that they won't let him go without a fight. John, the team has a week before they have to make a decision on what to do or not do with the tag, as you mentioned there. Do you think the Jags get a deal done with Evan Ingram before the tag deadline next week, or do you think they wind up having to use it on Ingram to make sure they can expand that window? Yeah, that's really a tough one because, you know, both both sides obviously feel like contract talks have gone, you know, well to this point. There's an expectation for both sides for a deal to get done. The question just is, you know, obviously, when exactly is it going to happen? I, I, I think, you know, being here at the Combine, you know, a lot of times, you know, two things that strike deals a lot in the NFL are deadlines and the Combine. You know, just being here in Annapolis with, you know, pretty much every NFL person you can think of other than some coaches that didn't travel. You know, a lot of times those conversations that are had here, you know, whether it be late night, uh, during, you know, the workouts, those can lead to deals. So I do think that he gets signed before that March 7th franchise tag. But if he doesn't and they have to use a tag on him, which I would expect if he's not signed yet, then I think that does greatly kind of decrease the chances of Jawan Taylor coming back. Yeah, I think, well, so you think that still one of the stronger avenues is just applying the franchise tag to Jawan Taylor. Do you think they would commit $18 million to a right tackle with what they're paying already on the offensive line? I mean, it be a tough pill to swallow, and you would hope that it could Oof. be, you know, similar to maybe Cam Robinson last year, where you franchise tag him and then work out a deal as you go. But I do think that they're high enough on Juwan, and the fact that they've been able to create the space now that you know they had the opportunity to do so. I, I think they would. I mean, Cam Rob Cam when he played on the franchise tag a few years ago, you know, it was at an astronomical level, you know, for his level of play. So I do think that's something that the front office would be interested in. It is, but I mean, it's an astronomical level, but he's still. Cam was a left tackle, blindside protector. Absolutely. You know, uh, I think Tony said that the number of right tackles making $9 million a year is like seven in the NFL, and he'd be making more than double that at right tackle. Oh. Just, ugh, I don't know, man. I want to say he'd be the highest paid right tackle. He'd be on the, there with, like, Ryan Ramchek and, like, yeah, one I know they Wayne just Johnson. fooled yeah. around with Ramchek's deal last week, so I don't That's know right. what his number's at right now, but I I wouldn't be sure. It was at 18 uh, 18.2 would make you the highest paid right tackle in football oh, if it's geez. still at 18. It's when, basically, how, how bad do you want to keep, you know, Juwan versus how much do you trust Walker Little? I personally, I think the smart move, you know, football and business-wise, would be to roll with Walker Little, try to get a potential comp pick for Juwan Taylor. But, I mean, they've shown this offseason that, you know, they want to keep as many guys together as possible. I mean, I, I don't think anybody predicted where Robson Harris would get, you know, a three-year extension. So, I think they've really done everything at this point to try to keep as the band together as much as possible. And 
if they want to do an extreme avenue like that for Juwan, it really would shock me like it would have say, a few months ago. Um, you know, it, it, it's still a, you look at if Juwan is under the franchise tag. Let's say he is right, and let's say by the draft, maybe he, he hasn't signed it. But you think he's going to sign it? You're trying to get a long term deal done, but you can't be sure you will. So you've got him under contract for a year. You've got two more years each of Cam Robinson and Walker Little. Is that enough security to make offensive line a low priority in the draft? I don't think so because I think if you still look at, you know, Robinson's contract, if he doesn't play to a high level this year, then it's going to be hard to justify his salary mm-hmm. in 2024. And I think he could be, you know, one of the cap casualties next year. So I really, I, if you bring back Juwan, then I think you still have to, you know, maybe play with the idea of, okay, you still have two tackles after this year. So maybe it could be like this past year where they roll with the three tackles, don't invest in a swing tackle, and then next year they would get one. So I, I do think if you bring Jawan out, you can probably take offensive tackle out as a need for the Jaguars. With the idea of doing what they can to keep the band together, what kind of offer do you think they would be willing to make to Arden Key? I really think, you know, somewhere around a two-year, 15-and-a-half, 16-million deal for Arden Key would make a lot of sense, you know, for both sides. I know some people, you know, Eight, sorry, eight million a year for a you know sub package, a pass rusher, a guy who you know played. I want to say below forty five percent of snaps would be a lot of money. But I mean, the, the Jaguars they need pass rush, you know, and they they need pass rush bad. They finished a near last in sacks last year, just like finishing near hot near the very top in pressures. And Arnke was their most efficient pass rusher. So I think if they want the pass rush to take a step forward instead of take a step back, he's someone that they need to bring back. And I think, you know, somewhere around two years for seven and a half to eight million a year would make sense. Hey, Ship, man. What's going on? It's your boy. Hey, what's up, E.T.? I'm I love good. you, bro. Yeah, I love you, man. <laughs> hey, um, now that we know that the Jags are bringing back Jermichael Hasty, how high up is uh, the running back room? How high up of a, a, a priority is the running back room? I don't think it's a big priority. I think, you know, you're already a pass-first offense with, you know, a ton of pass-catching weapons that they want to get the ball to. I think ETN is still going to get his regular work. Uh, Hasty, I would probably honestly just slot into the same exact role next year that he played this year. So I, I think the biggest question about the running back room isn't do they add to it, but it's, you know, what happens with Snoop Connor? I mean, it wouldn't surprise me if they picked the running back on day three and say he ends up beating Snoop Connor out or something something to that level. But I will say, you, I know we talked about it a couple of weeks ago, bringing back uh, Hasty does kind of signal that the, you know, they're kind of waving the white flag on the Snoop Connor trade up. Yeah, pretty much. Um, by the way, nobody comes on and says, I love you, Mike. Uh, this is fine. That's that's just great. Uh, John Shipley from Jaguar Report here with us, and we do love John, uh, and he's up in Indianapolis right now for the Combine. Uh, so today we're asking folks what one thing they most want to learn from Trent Bulky or Doug Peterson if they were compelled to answer honestly or answer honestly or answer honestly, uh, whichever the case may be. Ship, well, like what is the thing? Because you can finesse your way around a question. Right, if you're if you've been yeah. around the microphone long enough, um, so what is the one thing that you're most intrigued to find out today from either Balky or Peterson? I think really just their interest in you know potentially using that franchise tag. I know Balky said uh, when the season ended that it wasn't something he wanted to do, but I mean Ingram and Taylor both seem like potential candidates for it. And I'm also interested in you know I know the messaging has been you know save the money so you can keep your own guys, but I mean is there any free agent out there that they you know really have their eyes on, or are they just going to kind of stand pat for the entirety of free agency, which would be quite the adjust- <laughs> quite the change from the last few years? 
No doubt about it. I know you've had the chance the last couple of weeks you've been digging into the draft and taking a look at several prospects. Do you have a favorite for the Jags thus far that you've had a chance to see? Yeah, uh, out of you know the prospects I've written about, the prospects I've broken down, you know, 24 really isn't, a, a, I would say, a good area because a lot of the guys I've seen thrown out there, when I watch them, I'm like, eh. But two guys that make sense to me, and you know, there's always chances that they won't be there. I know their mock's a lot higher, but you know, one's a tight end, one's a nickel slash safety. Those guys always kind of fall. I think Michael Mayer and Michael and Brian Branch would be the two best players. You know, that are somewhat reasonable for the Jaguars to get at twenty four. I, I think Myers one of the best tight end prospects to come out in you know the last couple of years. I I I like him more than T.J. Hawkinson when he was coming out. I think he has more than him after the catch. Uh, he has a bigger frame. He can be more you know useful in the running game. And then Branch, I think you know obviously taking a nickel corner at number twenty four isn't you know, an ideal use of resources, but he's so versatile and his ball skills are so impressive that, you know, adding him to the secondary would really elevate it to another level that we didn't see last year. Uh, Let's say that Calvin Ridley is reinstated and that Evan Ingram gets a multiple year contract done with the Jaguars, right? Which makes tight end not as pressing a priority. Um, With the idea that you're still wanting to surround your lead guy with as much talent as possible is wide receiver in play for you at 24 if Ridley is reinstated. I don't think so. I I really wouldn't be surprised if they left this draft without a wide receiver. I, I think, you know, you're going to see Zay play out the entirety of his contract. I think Kirk you're probably going to see. And then Calvin Ridley, you know, they'll see what happens with him this year. If it doesn't work out for whatever reason, I think receiver would probably jump to, you know, the number one need in 2024. But I I really don't expect a receiver. At 24, I, I, I've had people ask me, you know, I put out polls on which prospects Jaguars fans want me to see me right about next. And somebody said, you know, Jackson Smith, the Jigba. And I'm just like, I, I really don't think they're taking a slot receiver at 24, guys. So I, I just, I don't see receiver happening in the first round. And honestly, if, if they drafted a receiver at all, I'd be a little mildly surprised. Uh, what do you know about Kendrick Pryor, who they got from Cincinnati's practice squad last year and didn't make any kind of an impact? Did you hear any buzz about him from the coaching staff, like, uh, you know, behind the scenes? Do they expect him to turn into a player, or is that just a complete crapshoot? I mean, he's somebody they really like. You know, they really like his athleticism. Uh, they think he's, you know, a really good practice player. He makes a lot of plays throughout practice. Uh, he's electric with the ball in his hands. It's just, you know, the numbers game. You know, they already have five receivers who are always going to be active. And then at that point, you have to be a special teams ace if you want to be active. And to this point, he's not that. So I, I would expect to see him maybe battle with Tim Jones for that fifth receiver spot. But I think Jones's blocking ability is going to really put him over the top. So. Pryor is a player they like, but I don't. I don't think he has any big plans or anything with them. Would any of the other tight ends in this draft beyond Mayer be in consideration for you at twenty four? I, I know a lot of fans like Darnell Washington at twenty four. I, I I think he's a second round player. He's a really fun player. You know, he's a he's a freaking freak. But I, I don't think he's somebody who you know you take at twenty four just because the leaps that he has to make as a pass catcher and the fact that. They already are, you know, more of a pass-first offense, whereas he's, you know, dynamic more so in the running game. So, and then the other tight ends, you know, between Kincaid and Musgrave, those guys are, you know, F only tight ends. They're they're too similar to Evan Ingram. So, uh, other than Meyer, uh, tight end is a, kind of a non sequitur for me at twenty-four. All right, uh, Ship. What what are you looking forward to covering? Like, how long are you going to be at the combine? Uh, and what are the events that you're most 
looking forward to observing? Not long. Nah. <laughs> I'm actually, I'm, I'm, I'm heading back out tomorrow night. Uh, we have our, you know, I, I help my dad coach uh, Puff Warner football. We have our first game Saturday, and I'm, uh, I'm calling the offense, so I got to make it for our last practice before the game. So I promised the kids I'd be back. I'm, I'm missing, what, two practices while I'm gone. So I wanted to make sure I got here for Trent and Doug, and then I'm heading back tomorrow. But I'll be out on the town, you know, a little bit tonight, putting my ears to the ground, seeing what, you know, wildly unbased rumors we can find for the Jags. Nah, that's only the best kind, <laughs> wildly unbased ones. Uh, please do share those with us when you uh, learn of them, uh, Ship. All right, we appreciate you being out there in Indianapolis, and I'm sure we'll hear you ask some of those questions today of Trent Balky and Doug Peterson. Safe travels back, and good luck with the opener this weekend. Hey, thank you, guys. I appreciate it. All right, buddy. There he goes, uh, John Shipley out the door there. You know, you bring up Shaq Griffin. That's another, if you make that move, that's $13 million in cap space on top of what you've already created. Now, you started off with a pretty big deficit, but you could see how you can easily get to the point for the Jaguars where you can accommodate Evan Ingram. I just, ah, boy, I don't know, man. Uh, if you work a deal out with Ingram, if you're just going to say, ah, oh, I want Juwan Taylor, I'm going to make him the highest paid player at his position. Mm -hmm. I mean, I get it. You don't want to give him up, but... I suppose if you're looking at it, there's one year stopgap. Where do you go from that? Right on a contract extension with a right tackle, where you're paying the top money of anyone in his position in the league. I don't know, man. Uh, I don't know. I, I guess it's a consideration, but yeah, I'm still the let Walker Little and maybe draft a guy at some point and right throw him. I into mean, the mix. are you going to put the franchise tag on Jawan Taylor and then say in long term contract negotiations we'll give you 14 a year? You can't. Right. Right. I mean, uh, you may offer that ahead of time, and if he turns it down, um, may have to settle for the 18. I don't know, man. I just, uh, Not the road I want to go down, but uh, I guess we'll see. We don't have to wait long. Franchise tag deadline is the 7th of March. A window is open. Deron Payne, uh, the Washington defensive tackle at 11 and a half sacks last year, was going to be highly coveted on the open market, was probably never going to make it to the open market. Mm -hmm. He was franchise tagged today, so becoming the first player to officially get that designation all right we'll take a break here halfway home coming back with more in hour two including a look at uh, mel kuyper's latest mock draft uh, the question of the day is out there from chad and sandy real estate and getting a lot of responses in to this one if you could ask trent balky and or doug peterson one question and they had to answer honestly what question which question would you choose to ask them today as uh, you'll hear them speak later this afternoon on 1010xl and 92 fm 76 to 74 in the 2023 ASUN Championship first round. Some notable notes junior guard Jarius Hicklin hit seven. Jaguars today on 1010XL. All right, the fellas here with you. Hour number two, Mike Dempsey, Tony Smith, ET, as uh, the scouting combine gets underway in earnest today with uh, some of the press conferences. You always get the general managers and head coaches speak, at least the head coaches that are going mm -hmm. may become a fad, as we mentioned yesterday, that uh, some are looking to get out of it, think that it's not the best use of their time, but uh, we'll see. I think if that gets too widespread, the NFL may say that's a, uh, something that you're having to look at as a mandatory use of your time, but that's for them down the road, not that worried about it. Um, all right, somebody, uh, a lot of interesting ones on the text line designed by Lifetime Enclosures today. All right, uh, this one. Guys, 
I know Jan, Unique Ngakwe, called the owner a clown. Wouldn't he be the perfect low-cost, high-production pass rusher? If they could somehow get past it, it would be a good fit for both sides. Playing style, playing-wise, yeah, he'd be great for what they need. Who says Jan's going to be a low-cost anything? <laughs> I mean, honestly. Yeah. I mean, I, I, I don't know what he's looking for, but um, – He took a lot less to leave here than he, he would have gotten here. Right, but he made $13 million last year. Yeah. I think that look, we're talking about do we have enough to get Arden Key under contract on a short term deal? I don't think Unique Ngakwe, who has a much more storied history of getting quarterbacks on the ground than Arden Key, is going to be in their price range if that's kind of where they're shopping right now. And again, that, I mean, that's, you know, what, what's out there now, either, you know, you get the feeling when James Palmer puts it out there that, hey, despite all this, it's like Trent Balky's going to James Palmer. Like, just a little, little word to the wise here. Just because we're creating this cap space, you might look smart by saying we're not going to spend it on somebody else's free agent this year, right? Because uh, and that puts the message out there, kind of deflates any expectations of a spending spree, and at the same time, James Palmer gets a little feather in his cap for looking right. Uh, is it? I don't know. It might just be me, but I think there's a better chance that Jalen is here before Jan because of the the personal spat that him and, and Tony had on social media. I don't think there's any chance. I don't know. think either one of them are coming right. here. You know, and, and I mean, we could debate who's more likely, less likely. I, I mean, in the end, I think we're, you know. It's, yeah, neither one's probably. Right. I mean, the chance of either one, you may be right, right? You know what I mean? Like, I, I can't get past, you know, as somebody pointed out, Jalen, uh, they believe Jalen told Chad Khan, hey, I'm going to play. This week, and then that's when the back injury happened. So, and then he got traded immediately after that. So, does the owner feel like he was lied to mm-hmm. in the scenario? I, again, every breath we spend on those guys is probably a wasted one, mm-hmm. quite frankly. Mm-hmm. But you know, it is the off season. So, uh, let's see. Uh, <laughs> uh, let's see. Had, here we go. Uh, Jamie Williams. Uh, or, I'm sorry, Jamie Robinson, FSU safety. Third or fourth round. He's another one of these guys that's played a little of everything, right? Played some nickel, played some corner, played some safety, played yep. uh, whatever. So, yeah. from from that standpoint, sure. You know, I'm okay with that. They could use a versatile guy like yeah, that. Yeah, for sure. I don't know who the nickel corner is uh, if you open up today. I don't know if no. he's on that roster right now. I mean, Trey Hernan's a free agent. That's right. basically who they had playing it last year when they settled into who the three were going to be. And there are three cornerback sets with Darius moving to the outside. So, yeah. I mean, they got to fill one of those corner positions. They got to find another slot guy or find someone that's going to push Darius Williams into the slot. That's the decision that they have to make, but they got to add one. But again, I mean, just because they didn't hit their guys last year, I mean, not in a big way, doesn't mean you can't do it. I mean, again, the, the, the team that just won the Super Bowl was playing rookie corners mm-hmm. the second half of the season. And they weren't highly drafted rookie corners. And – you know, obviously, when you play Kansas City, you got to throw a lot. Those guys get challenged a lot because Kansas City puts up a lot of points. No doubt. And uh, they somehow survived. Um, somebody asking about Juwan Taylor. Why wouldn't we use a tag where we can match any offer that he goes out and gets? Uh, and you replied, Tony, that would likely be the transition tag. And if he's offered something, then the Jaguars weren't willing to match it. Uh, he'd be out the door and the Jags would not get any compensatory picks. And the reply was, if they're willing to tag him and paying $18 million, is there an offer they couldn't match for a right tackle who is good but not great? All depends on how a team, how much a team really covets Jawan Taylor. Mm-hmm. You could structure a contract that's going to make it uncomfortable for any. If you have a lot of cap space right now, you structure the deal that you're getting most of the guaranteed money this year. You can give him a massive balloon Yeah. 
salary this year that all has to count on this year's cap, and then it averages out to maybe, let's say, $15 million a year, right? Yeah. But it's this year where the cap hit is 30 if you choose to go that route. That's one way. Yeah. And the other is, and you're right, Tone, if, if he walks, he's likely to get a big money contract. And that factors into this equation. It's not just the free agents you lose. It's the quality and how much money is paid to these guys. If the Jags aren't big players in the free agent market, which they don't look like they're going to be mm-hmm. outside of their own, retaining their own guys, if you lose Juwan Taylor and he gets $14, 15000000 million a year, you're probably looking at a third-round pick next year. Yeah. And you don't get to negotiate on whatever the contract offer he's getting from somewhere else is. It's, so it's if you hear is. the $30 million up front, the Jags can't find a way to match that $30 million in the first year for Jawan Taylor, but they want to go to Jawan and say, hey, can we be reasonable about this? You're not allowed to. You've taken that option for yourself off the table. He's already signed that deal yeah. at that point in time, and he's going to accept that deal, and you've got a week to match it. Now, I'm using 30 as an extreme example here. No, but right? it, I'm not, it but makes the point, though. You can Right. You can structure a deal in a way that you look at the team, you don't want to match it. And, but look, who knows? Teams don't use the transition tag that much. No. Probably because they are afraid of not getting that compensatory pick. Yeah, we've seen it a couple of times here in the last, like, five years with a tight end every now and then, I feel like. Once in a while. Once in a while. And even that, it's not like they got a bunch of offers on the market and the team had to do something about it. Like, it it was pretty simple the way those negotiations wound up working out. I don't think Jawan Taylor is a good candidate for even that. Jags have been flush with draft picks, right, basically, the last – God, as far back as you can remember. It's yeah. Like, right? Multiple first rounders here, uh, 10 picks when the average team has seven, things like that. Even this year, like they have two fourth round picks. Next year, depending on what happens with Calvin Ridley, you're not going to have that. If you sign Calvin Ridley to an extension, it's your second rounder next year that's the final piece of the compensation mm-hmm. going to Atlanta. So that's a factor, too. You sit there and go, well, how can we recoup some draft capital? If we feel like Walker Little could play the position – we save a bunch of money at that spot, can allocate it somewhere else, maybe get Arden Key back under contract, for instance, still have a reasonable plan at the offensive tackle positions. They know better about Cam's health than we do. Yeah. And have a chance to get some draft capital back on the back end. Of yeah. It. Look, I don't want if if I'm the team, I don't necessarily want to let Jawan Taylor walk. Right? Like that's not my idea, but You have to take everything into consideration. And when you have a guy like Walker Little on the roster that can step in and play tackle for you from the moment that you need him to, then talking about paying a guy $18 million to play right tackle, uh, that's a non-starter. It's just I'm not even going to contemplate doing that for Juwan Taylor. As I've said for a while now, I'd make him an offer. Something in that twelve, thirteen million dollars a year range that I'd be comfortable with paying a maybe eventually a top ten right tackle in the league. Like I don't even think he's a top ten right tackle right now in the National Football League, but I'd be willing to offer somewhere in that area. Twelve to fourteen million dollars a year. And if he says, I want to hear what my offers are going to be, I'd say, God bless you. Right? If you want to come back around to us, you hear what the market has to say about it. You want to come back around to us, the offer's on the table for you, Juwan. But I'm not going beyond this. Understand, when you go out and take those offers, you get a better offer, bye. Right? Like, I'm just not going beyond this number for a right tackle. I won't do it. They, they again, have a better feel than we do. How confident are they that uh, Juwan Taylor has turned a corner? Is it Phil Rauscher's coaching that got it out of him? Or, right. or did the mystery of the contract year 
uh, come to bear here. It's funny how many guys play their best when they're in the last year of their deal, and they right. know the new deal is coming. And is, is uh, Now, again, they know him. Everybody suggests that Jawan Taylor is a really hard worker. He's never missed games. You know, he's never been this guy, oh, I got this little ticky-tack injury, and I'm going to sit out or anything like that. Absolutely. So I, but, you know, they again, they know all this. That That's all got factored into my $14 million. They They've rolled all that in right. to their thing. Uh, this one on the text line designed by Lifetime Enclosures. OMG, Mike D. Butthurt, about 2.0, huh? That's Jalen Ramsey for those who are uninitiated. You act like he broke up with you or he owe you something. LA, uh, LMAO uh, bringing 2.0, not your call. It's the Jags, and Shad doesn't have any animosity. First of all, do you think I think it's my call? I have an opinion <laughs> on it. So does everybody else who's listening to this radio program. Just like, Do you think I care because you don't have the call to bring him here? Why should I care about what you just tweeted? It's mm-hmm. not your call either. No. How do you know Shad doesn't have any animosity against him? You have no idea how Shad Khan feels about Jalen Ramsey. No. Uh, so – and he's um, not coming back here, as we've said, so it's all likely you know, and honestly, like it's all just wasted. Can, can we find another immature expression other than butt hurt, which has been out played out for 10 years? Mm-hmm. I mean, honestly. I mean, that that makes me not take you that seriously right off the bat. But if that was your intention, good job. <laughs> uh, you've succeeded. All right. Uh, we'll come back. 641-1010 if you want to be a part of the program today. Let's take a look at Mel Kuyper's latest offering, Mock Draft. 2.0 available at ESPN.com. Uh, of course, the Jags created uh, a bunch of cap space today by converting a bunch of Christian Kirk, Zay Jones, and Brandon Sheriff's money to signing bonuses instead of paying them as base salary. They'll get their money now. Jags get the cap space and uh, should have no issues. Uh, whatever their plan is, we know that they've got a plan. They know what it costs to execute that plan. And I'm sure they've got a plan to get to that number. Now, once you get to that number, you got to have some cooperation from Evan Ingram, Juwan Taylor, Arden Key if you're looking to re-sign those guys. Mm-hmm. But in order to create the circumstances where you could re-sign them, they know exactly what they have to do. I have no doubt uh, that they're moving in that direction. Now, whether they're going to be successful bringing all three back, that's another story. Uh, we'll hear more from Trent Balky and Doug Peterson coming up after noon today when they speak in Indianapolis. Jaguars today on 1010XL. All right, mock drafts are plenty. They'll keep coming in. We'll keep looking at them. We'll get disgusted with them at some point if we're not already, and then we'll start the next day fresh and do it again. Mm-hmm. <laughs> this is kind of the season we're in right now. A uh, couple uh, just to highlight here that we're not going to dig into very deeply. Uh, Pro Football Network has the Jags taken Clark Phillips the third, the corner out of Utah. That's the second day in a row I found a mock with Clark Phillips uh, mocked to the Jacksonville Jaguars. Interestingly enough, uh, Tyree Wilson, the edge rusher out of Texas Tech, went with the next pick. He's often long off the board by that point in time, so mm-hmm. nobody really knows how these guys are going to fall. Uh, the one at CBS had two different guys going back and forth, so they're alternating who made the selections, and uh, they went with was Rick who did this? It was a Spielman. I don't think it was Rick Spielman, was it? Um, no, it was a. Was it? It was Rick Spielman. All right, so Rick Spielman. Okay. This is who uh, could have been basically overseeing your organization last year had things gone a different way. Yeah. Uh, has the Jags taking Dewan Jones, the 
massive offensive tackle out of Ohio State. Six foot eight, three fifty nine is what they list him at. Bryce Young would like to borrow ten of those pounds, <laughs> and I think Dewan Jones would gladly donate them. Right? I mean, Dewan Jones don't need to be showing up at three eighty at the combine either. Jeez. If he could show up at a svelte three fifty, he'd probably turn some heads. Mm-hmm. Uh, but six foot eight, uh, three hundred and fifty nine pounds right now is what he's listed at. Spielman said uh, he places him or chooses him to replace impending free agent Juwan Taylor. He would fill a huge void on the right side of the offensive line. You have to protect that quarterback. Now listen to this sentence. You have to protect that quarterback because he's your franchise quarterback in Trevor Lawrence. Mm. Well, you have to protect any quarterback because, you know, like. Oh, this guy's worthless. I, right. I, right. Like, <laughs> ah, it's only C.J. Beathard. Let's get him <laughs> killed. Uh, but, okay, so whatever. Skipping past that. Uh-huh. Um, I mean, just doesn't even consider that, hey, maybe what about Walker Little might be an option on the right side. Now, I don't know if he didn't consider him. He doesn't know the roster as well. You know, not everybody knows everybody's right, situation. Yeah. Or did he say, hey, you know what? He lost the battle to play right tackle last year. Maybe he's just more of a natural left tackle, and and we're going to be looking. I, I do think that offensive tackles on the board, potentially for the Jags at 24, mm-hmm. if, if they don't bring back Juwan Taylor. Are you okay with O-tackle with the 24th pick if it goes that way? <sighs> No, because I, I I feel comfortable where we at only if we bring back Juwan and then we have Walker Little. So what if he walks though? What if you just can't bring back Juwan? Oh, then yeah, yeah. See, I'm I think good. I think you got to look at this. Could be Cam Robinson's last year here in Jacksonville, and and if it's not, both of your tackles have two more years left on their deals. You probably would want to extend Walker Little at some point, but. Mm-hmm. And I get it. Two years is a long time in the National Football League, but you're going to you need start looking at it right now. Yeah, it, it could because it could be one year. It really could, and then you could slide Walker a little over to the left, let him play out his rookie deal, sign him to an extension if at all possible, and yeah. then you'd have your in-house replacement. Well, and they're in kind of a weird spot. Uh, how many spots right now? Do the Jacksonville Jaguars have that if they drafted a guy at 24, he steps in as a starter? Nickel, nickel corner? Yeah. Mm-hmm. That's about it. Right? Like you're even a guy like Mayer, who I think is a really athletic guy, and he would play more than most tight ends in this offense, even with Ingram being back because he can block, right? So he can take all those blocking snaps as well as being used as a tight end as a receiving threat in two tight end looks for this Jaguars team. But even that you're talking about what? Half the snaps? Yeah, but if they like at least that one, you could say, okay, if, if he's, he's going to be a starter in these packages, how often are we planning to play these packages? Maybe sure. it's forty percent of the time, right? Sure. And then you look at him as by this is under a circumstance where Evan Ingram's on the franchise tag. Yeah. Then okay, so he's going to play a decent amount this year, and he's going to ascend to that spot next year. Yeah. That, that that's to me not an unreasonable. Use of resources. Yeah, I don't think that's unreasonable either. And the point is that if nickel corner is really the spot, or if you wanted to say it's outside corner, right? But one of those two corner spots on this team is basically the spot that you can draft the guy that steps in and you would expect him to start from day one at 24. That doesn't mean that those are the only two positions you consider at number 24, because I do think tight end comes in play and pass rush comes in play. And if there's a defensive lineman that's an interior guy that you like the value of that guy there, it comes into play. And I think offensive line does too, because it's hard to find guys that can play offensive line in the National Football League. And if you have a guy at 24 that you feel like this guy projects as a starting tackle in the National Football League, and we can get him at 24, and that means he doesn't play at all this year, 
okay. Like, I can, I'm okay. I can see why that would be at least considered as part of the plan there at 24. And, and look, I, I don't want to be hung up on this. I'm the only one who brings it up, so I, you can call me hung up if you want. But I, I just been talking about this B. John Robinson mm-hmm. thing. And this is why, Tony, you just said, how many positions can a guy walk in here and start on this football team? Yeah. Depending on what they do, it, like if Juwan Taylor, Evan Ingram, Arden Keir back, maybe you look and you say none. Maybe nickel corner, right? Nickel. And, and maybe yeah. it lines up with the value. Maybe it doesn't. Or maybe you feel like you can get a nickel corner in the third round. Maybe you like the cl- – whatever, right? Mm-hmm. So, if you're – then you say, well, then, you know, what's on the table? Pass rush, interior defensive line, uh, offensive line. Why not wide receiver, right? I mean, it's a passing league, right? Sure. Why, why not give weapons? So, if, it, if it's truly a – why not just take the best talent that's on the board? That's the scenario where I could see them saying he's clearly the best talent on the board. Sure. Now, again, I don't think they're going that way. I think the Jermichael Hasty thing signals e what what this backfield is going to look like for the most part. But like, I'm certainly not taking wide receiver off the board with the 24th pick in the draft. Even if you feel like you got Calvin Ridley, he's you know you don't know what he's going to be. Even if you feel like he's going to be good, he you've got him for one year. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And just because you had the first crack at an extension, what if Calvin Ridley goes, hey, you know what? You have to franchise me because I'm going to hit free agency, and I appreciate you giving me the opportunity to come in and play for you this year, but guys are getting $25 million plus a year, and he's never he's not gotten his second contract in the league yet. So if I'm Calvin Ridley, those numbers are going to have to really sing to make me give up my shot at unrestricted free agency, potentially. Is there somewhat of a hometown discount in the fact that the Jags are the team that took the chance and brought you in. Maybe some of that, but I, I think we all presume, hey, if Calvin Ridley works out, that's great. They're going to sign him to a contract extension. Maybe, maybe, maybe. not. Yeah. You know, you get one of these big-time wide receivers that is lingering and sitting on the board at 24, I'm going to be interested. Let's look at what Kuyper had him doing here in a second. First, Tony Smith takes you around the National Football League. Now, gems around the NFL. Brought to you by Beaches Jewelry and Pawn in Jack's Beach. The Atlanta Falcons are releasing quarterback Marcus Mariota after one season there in Atlanta. The Washington Commanders are releasing quarterback Carson Wentz after just one season as well. Wentz went 2-5 and five as the starter for Washington this season. After being acquired in a trade from Indianapolis last offseason, Wentz played the first five seasons of his career with Philadelphia after being drafted second overall by the Eagles in 2016. Assuming that Wentz doesn't go back to Philadelphia, Indianapolis, or Washington for the 2023 season, he will be playing for his fourth different team in four seasons next year. Washington or not is, playing. Right. It's also set to release safety Bobby McCain. McCain has started 32 games in the last two seasons for the Commanders. Cleveland is expected to release safety John Johnson III at the start of the league year if they're unable to trade him between now and then. The New York Giants are releasing wide receiver Kenny Galladay at the start of the new league year on March 15th. The move will save the Giants $6.7 million against the cap. Washington is using their franchise tag on defensive tackle Deron Payne and Buffalo defensive coordinator Leslie Frazier has informed the team that he is taking the year off from coaching in 2023, but he does indicate that he would like to return to the sidelines potentially for 2024, whether that would be with Buffalo or somebody else. Time will tell on that one. All right, a couple of quick things uh, on the text line that we'll get to Kuiper here. Uh, Can you explain the love for Walker Little to think we should even trust him to protect Trevor's backside for the long haul? Well, I have to trust the eyes of Tony Baselli and Leon Searcy and guys like that who said Walker Little played exceptionally 
good football down the stretch mm-hmm. last year. What was the he? Was it the Dallas game? He, I'm, I'm looking up. He played 30 snaps against Dallas, right? Because that's the game where Cam gets hurt. Yeah. Right? So he plays 30 snaps. I want to say there was the stat afterwards. Was it that game where he had like 20 pass rush reps against Demarcus Lawrence and Micah Parsons? Was it that? I'm pretty sure. And and he blanked them. Not didn't allow a single pressure. Yeah. Coming cold off the bench, started the next three games. And according to our own, you know, the guys that we trust to evaluate mm-hmm. offensive line play. Everybody said he played very well. Yeah, and I think the picture that a lot of the fans that are critical of the Walker Little stuff have in their head are those back-to-back plays against the Chiefs, right? Sure. Where he had the tripping call, and then he had the hold, and that knocked him out of even field goal range on that drive, and that's the drive that had the Christian Kirk drop on it as well. But he had those back-to-back plays, and they were really bad, and they both happened at the same time in the divisional round of the NFL playoffs. And, look, it's not uncommon for players, especially along the offensive line, you have those kind of moments and that kind of spotlight, and everyone's like, this guy stinks, right? <laughs> like, And that's the carryout from any of those kind of moments for these guys. And it doesn't matter how many Baselli's and Logamans and, and Searcy's come out and say, no, he played fine, right, overall in that game. It was – a a couple of really bad moments that's not going to overshout all the did you see what happened right we had a chance to go to the AFC championship game and part of the reason we didn't is because of these this drive those plays I can't let it go now it was you're right somebody's right it was the Chargers game it was Bosa and Mac no that that's that what is the number it, yeah. one and it was like 25 direct reps against those guys pass rushing and they he gave up zero pressures and that was you know, in the playoff win. You're right, though, Tone. They remember the playoff loss. And, I mean, that's fine. You know, look, yeah. the Jags feel how they feel about him. And, uh, quite frankly, you got to wonder exactly how they feel about him if they prioritize Juwan Taylor and make him one of the highest-paid right tackles in the game. At least you have to wonder how they feel about him being able to play right tackle. Yeah, they're telling you how they feel. Yeah. Right? That, like that, that, they're we, answering we're not that confident question. that that's yeah. going to be good enough. Also, on the text line – um, why not offer Ingram a long-term contract? Same uh, with some team-friendly terms. Same with Key. Well, sure. Hey, Evan, would you like to sign this long-term <laughs> deal with some team-friendly terms? Uh-huh. I'm sure they've tried that, yeah. I, as a matter of fact. Uh, yes, they want to get long-term deals worked out because it enables them to lower this year's cap number. Mm-hmm. So, uh, obviously, they're going to try to do some of that stuff. All right, uh, quickly here. Kuiper, in his latest mock draft, uh, who uh, today – said that if Bryce Young is 195, he's his number one quarterback. But if he's less than that, Will Levis is his number one quarterback. I'm presuming he weighs in at 195 or more because he's got Bryce Young going number one uh, to the Texans after a trade-up. Then the Colts trade-up and pick C.J. Stroud there. Will Anderson going to Arizona, and the Bears get Jalen Carter. So the Bears get one of the top two position players, at least consensus, and trade back twice and still pick in the top four. Dang. That's how you ca- that's that's, how you, that's how you capitalize and have the number one overall pick if they're able to do that. When you don't want a quarterback and you have the number one overall. Did, did pick. you see what Ryan Poles came out and said uh, today? Um, right now we're planning on starting Justin Fields at quarterback. <laughs> Still evaluating <laughs> like, all like, the quarterback options. Hey guys, yeah. tr- trust us, we might actually take one. So you better come uh-huh, up here and get that pick. Me. Come get your boy. Uh, so there you go. Uh, Will Levis going fifth Carolina after a trade up. Uh, and then Anthony Richardson going ninth to Seattle after they were the ones who flopped picks 
with Carolina. And Seattle's in a little different position. If they're able, like they're making the suggestion they could franchise Geno Smith, bring him back for a year, kind of mentor Anthony Richardson. He's probably going to need to sit uh, for a little bit. So you scroll through here and you get down to the Jags. And I saw Kuyper today on SportsCenter saying, oh, I got four tight ends in my first round. I'm like, all right, I'm going to get to work and I'm going to click on it and find out which tight end the Jags are taking. But he surprised me. Uh, first of all, Deontay Banks, who we talked a lot about yesterday, the corner out of Maryland, all over the board, mm-hmm. goes 23rd here to Minnesota. Uh, so would not be a consideration for the Jags. Jags take Lucas Van Ness, defensive lineman out of Iowa in Kuiper's mock. Jags are an ascending and talented team. Their pass rush disappointed. Number one overall pick, Trayvon Walker, had three and a half sacks in an up-and-down season while they ranked 28th, blah, 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 blah. Uh, best way to help the secondary and create turnovers is with a great pass rush. 6'5", 270, bit of a tweener. But smart defensive coordinators will use that to their advantage, moving him inside and outside to let him get to quarterbacks. Don't Didn't we take that guy at number one? Last year, or am I wrong about that? Uh, he has some explosion and power at the snap, uses his hands well. The Jags want to target more of a pure edge rusher. B.J. Ajilari out of LSU could be an option. Uh, he's right on the fringes of round one right now. All right, so you can have Lucas Van Nessie, the defensive lineman out of Iowa. I'll just give you the guys Kuiper had going shortly after that pick that may be of interest. Quinton Johnson, wide receiver out of TCU, went with the very next pick. Dalton Kincaid, the tight end out of Utah, went the pick after. Bijan Robinson, I don't know if you've ever heard of him. <laughs> he he goes 27th to Buffalo. Hey, if we're going to do this, let's do that trade down mm-hmm. deal with Buffalo and let them come up and, and let us move up 30 spots uh, like we talked about yesterday. Then you got two more tight ends. Luke Musgrave going to Cincinnati. Darnell Washington out of Georgia going to the Saints. Uh, and those are the guys who I think we'd be mostly interested in. Um, you good with Lucas Van Ness, or you want any of those guys that followed? You said something earlier about the wide receiver thing, and I've been thinking about it ever since because um, Calvin Ridley is coming here on a one-year deal. Zay Jones is on a second year of a three-year deal, correct? Correct, correct. So we're kind of getting thin there, So man. you go into next season, theoretically, Calvin uh-huh. Ridley's free agent, right. may go somewhere else. Zay Jones is in the last year of his deal. Yeah. I don't think it's crazy to take I, a wide receiver I don't at 24. Think now, that's what I'm thinking right now. I, I like Quentin Johnson now because well, – Who's not, the franchise? It's Trevor. Yeah, absolutely. So what are you going to do to load, help your franchise? Load the gun with bullets. Help your franchise yeah. by helping the franchise. Uh-huh. I mean, yes. Uh, again, th- that they would have to – Quentin Johnson could be one of these guys that's fantastic. He could be one of these big body guys that gets to the league. Who was the guy who played for Pitt? Was it John Baldwin uh, who got drafted by the Chiefs? The year that like AJ Green and Julio came out, mm-hmm. right? Was was that his name? The guy who was like six four, uh, ran like crazy, had all the measurables, and just stunk out loud <laughs> when he got to the National Football League. I don't know if that's the case of Quentin Johnson. You know what I mean? Like some people think he's going to be too slow footed. I, I I honestly don't know. I've seen him play a few games, but whether it's him, whether it's Zay Flowers, whether it's Jackson Smith and Jigba, if there is a First round graded wide receiver sitting there at twenty four. I'm at least I'm intrigued. My my eyebrow goes yeah. up like the rock, <laughs> yeah. but I can't do it like the rock can. All right, let's take a time out here. We'll come back with your Chad and Sandy real estate question of the day. As Trent Balky and Doug Peterson are going to speak within the next uh, hour and a half or so in Indianapolis. If you could ask either one question and knew you would get a truthful reply, what would you like to ask? 
either the GM or head coach of the Jacksonville Jaguars. You're listening to Jaguars today. Mike Dempsey, Tony Smith, and E.T. on 1010XL 92.5 FM. Everything you need to know about the Jags. Jaguars today on 1010XL. All right, uh, several people are going, hey, how can you say Quentin Johnson is slow, slow? I'm not saying Quentin Johnson is slow. Right, these questions on the text line designed by Lifetime Enclosures. My point being, you see mocks where he falls into the 20s, right? Mm-hmm. I've heard people say, well, he's not great in and out of his breaks. He's then at the quickness. Yes, he's a long-striding, deep threat that not everyone is sure will translate to the NFL. Not the best hands. Kind of so, the book on him right now, I too. Mean, it's not my, – my point isn't that this is definitive. I'm just saying this could be, you know, a, what for whatever reason, he falls in that, that range because there was a point in time when the mocks first started coming out in early January, Quentin Johnson was pretty regularly a top-ten pick. Yep. Now you see him start to slide into the 20s. And, and is there a reason for that or are people just getting bored with their own mock drafts? And switching things around. Look, if he goes out there and runs four three eight, um, then you're gonna probably not have to worry about him mm-hmm. coming to the Jacksonville Jaguars with the twenty fourth pick in the NFL draft. Okay, uh, so we say every year the combine is this week, and once we get done with the combine, that's when you get a much better idea of how the league feels about any of these guys. And, and honestly, I think you get a much better feel because reporters are actually down there talking to scouts and GMs on and off the record about different things. And, yeah. and you you know, you start to hear the same thing. You know, I hear this guy doesn't do this one. Yeah, it and was if you remarkable. hear that from enough people, you start to think that's a trend. Yeah, the year I got to go to the Combine, I mean, it was – you walked into a bar in downtown Indianapolis, and there are representatives from 26, 28 NFL football teams, right, sitting around talking shop. Like, there's nowhere else in the league where you get that. Right, talking about the evaluation of these players, where their teams are at, all those kind of things, and they're all, they're all doing it over a beer, right? Like there's there's nothing else like it. So yeah, the information's going to be a lot more focused coming out of the NFL Combine than it has been to this point. All right, uh, let's get to today's Chad and Sandy real estate question of the day. Chad and Sandy real estate multiple offers on your home in three days, or they'll sell it free. Visit them online at chadandsandy.com, spelled just like you'd think. And today's question of the day, uh, with both Trent Balky and Doug Peterson holding press conferences at the Scouting Combine today, if you could ask Peterson or Balky one question and we're guaranteed an honest answer, what would you ask? Let's uh, debate it with a 10-10 take. 10-10. 10-10 take. Now, Mike Dempsey's 10-10 take, brought to you by Northern Tool. Start solving your projects today at northerntool.com. We're made for this. I would ask uh, Trent, why did your photo come out high res <laughs> on my tweet today as opposed to Doug yeah. Peterson, just a blurry mess? I'm going to tell you. Mm-hmm. I even tried sending him from my phone because I think maybe I'll have a better chance. I don't know. Yeah. I don't know what to tell you, but Trent looks I saw someone on the text line. They said it's coming out blurry because you're not paying for Twitter. <laughs> Maybe if that's the case, get used to blurry. <laughs> get used to blurry, and they can uh, continue to put them out there blurry because your uh-huh. boy is never paying for Twitter. I guarantee you. Uh, Et. All right, I, we kind of touched on this early. One question you could ask Peterson or Balky. What would it be? My uh, question for uh, head coach Doug Peterson would be: What would if you could title this season, like write a book about this season? What this would past be? season. Yeah, this past season. Okay. What would you title that book and why? Okay, I'm gonna. 
You know what I think he'd entitle it? Unfinished business. I like that. That's what he'd entitle it. Start um, of something beautiful. Think of a second question now. <laughs> uh, Tony, what would you ask? Uh, after seeing him for a year, what position do you think is the best fit for Trayvon Walker? I thought you were going to say Trevor Lawrence. No. Stand-up <laughs> linebacker, defensive end. Do you think he ultimately projects as an interior defensive lineman as his best most comfortable fit in the National Football League after seeing him for a year, where do you think it is? Um, mine would be, what is the likelihood Jawan Taylor is on this roster? Knowing that it's out of your hands. Like, mm-hmm. what is your confidence level that Jawan Taylor – and I, I'd, I'd like to further break it down. Like, you know, you're asking one specific question. I guess that would be it. You know, but do you think you're going to have to resort to the franchise tag? Are you comfortable with the franchise tag number of $18 million? Like, what are – obviously, you want to get him for his – you know, little money as possible, at least a little salary cap hit as possible. Make sure he's happy, you're happy, Trevor's protected. We get all that, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, so th- that to me is like the most pressing offseason question at the moment to be answered. Cristiano is a little too clever for <laughs> his own good right here. Says, in which position is each 2023 draft prospect placed on your board? Hey. Oh. In other words, let me see the whole board. <laughs> What's the board look like? Yeah. That's, that's pretty good. Right? And you got to answer honestly. Right, you got to answer honestly. Just send a snapshot like Jerry Jones does. <laughs> um, what is the plan, asked Scott, regarding paying Trevor Lawrence? You going to do it as soon as you can, or are you going to wait to get the most bang for your buck while he's on his rookie deal? That will be the question of next offseason. Guarant- I mean, uh, at what point? Do you do it right away? And th- it'll be interesting to see, like, if Justin Herbert, does he get his deal done this offseason? Joe Burrow, do they get their deals done? Where does that put it? How does that impact? If Burrow gets $45 million guaranteed, whatever, $50 million, whatever the number, does that impact their ability to retain T. Higgins, for instance? Mm-hmm. Um, one of these mocks had the Texans trading for T. Higgins. Remember we asked, would you give the 24th pick for T. Higgins, knowing you'd have to sign him to a contract extension? Mm-hmm. Because why would you give the 24th pickup for a guy who's only got one year under his deal? So, obviously, you'd want to extend him. But in the trade they proposed, the Texans gave up the 12th pick and a fourth rounder next year on top of it. So They really want him. Yeah, tw- 24 for those who said too pricey. <laughs> ah, that may not be the case. Um, let's see. Dom said, I'd ask if they feel like failures if they didn't win a Super Bowl before Lawrence retires. Interesting mm-hmm. question. Um if there's a disagreement on a draft pick, who's making the call? Who do you think is making the call right now, Tone? Probably lean bulky. I do, too. Yeah. I do, too. Yeah, I would have said Shad, and then I would have said Peterson. Well, I think Shad, like, on a guy like Trevor Lawrence, when you got the number one pick in the draft, like, like he wasn't going to be on right. board with that. But you know what I mean? Like, if it, let's say you didn't have the number one pick, and you had the number two pick that year, like the Jets, right? <laughs> and you're sitting there, and you're going, Shad, we like Trey Lance, we like uh, Mac Jones, we like Zach Wilson, but we're going to go Justin Fields, right? Like, that. that's when you come yeah. in and say, here's why, because this guy's going to be the face of your franchise, and we want you to be on board with it. 24th pick, Shad, just stay out of the room. <laughs> Honestly, like, you, you, you have no idea. what You have no business being in the room right now, I think, anyway. And I think that they made it clear, if push came to shove, that it's, it's a team decision, mm-hmm. but Balky's probably got – the, the final say there. Um, what's the main position group you're targeting in the draft? Asked Johnny. This is a good one from Jed. I mean, and this kind of goes along to what you're talking about, Tony. Where does Trayvon Walker play? In your heart of hearts. This is not how we phrase it, but if you had to 
to do over again? Are you still taking Trayvon Walker? You have to answer honestly. Knowing what you know now, would you take Sauce Gardner? Would you take Aiden Hutchinson? Would you take Kayvon Thibodeau? Would you take somebody completely different? What would you do? And and this is like the lie detector portion of it. <laughs> it's That's always, I think, going to be until and unless Trayvon Walker fully flourishes into being a 10-plus sack-a-year guy and a, you know, a, a recognized force by all those who follow the National Football League, I think that's going to be a fair question mm-hmm. to ask. Um, what would you do with the offensive line, uh, said Jorge, which includes uh, Taylor, but Cam, what are you doing at guard? Are you you're comfortable there? Uh, are they prepared to make any trades for a veteran? Yes, Calvin Ridley. Um, <laughs> are the moves they made good enough or the right moves? Um, meaning the, the re-signings. Well, you don't do it unless you think they're yeah. the right moves, yeah. right? You always do it thinking that this is the right thing to do and will the right moves – Will they prove to be the right moves? Well, time will tell. Mm-hmm. And it's a boring answer, but that's one that you got to say, yeah, we think it is, but yeah. nobody knows. What is your work relationship really like between the two? This is Matthew's question. I, it, does it seem to anybody like there's any kind of dysfunction whatsoever? Nope. No, with these guys? At all. Not a bit, right? No, and that's why I think it's pretty easy when you get asked the question about who gets final say on it. It's like, well, the GM probably does. That's typical fair. That's that's typically how the NFL works, and I don't see anything dysfunctional about the relationship between those two guys where they'd be fighting over who got to do it. No pushback from Dougie P. Like, I think they're working really well together to this point. Uh, Andrew always puts some intriguing questions up, I think, on Uh Twitter. Uh, And he said, uh, for Doug, he'd ask, was Zicky Aquanu or Evan Neal ever really in play at number one? Mm. And what sold you on Trayvon? You know, if if that's the case, maybe Trent Baalke sold him on Trayvon, right? And for Trent, you saw the clown noses. Did that motivate you? That's such a – it's – like, to me, I – did it bother you? I get – like, motivate. But he's not playing. I mean, he – right, but, <laughs> like, what – right, were there any moves yeah. done because of clown noses? Well, yeah, you know, watch that. how hard I'm going to turn it I'm going to sign Christian Kirk for a lot of money now. <laughs> I don't know. But, hey, that, you know what? That's your question. Yep. Uh, would you move Trayvon inside if you felt he had more potential? I think that's so, – yeah. I mean, look, if, coaching staff, that's a coaching staff question mm-hmm. at this point. Um, what happened during the Urban Miller year? Tell me everything <laughs> I've got time, says Mike. Well done, Mike. But I want – I want your top three yeah. juicy nuggets yeah. that we don't know about. And right? just to me, Ooh. I'm trying to write a book. Just mine, <laughs> just for me. This is not public. Uh, what is your draft or and or free agency strategy? <laughs> it's, they kind of go hand in hand, mm-hmm. sure. But, hey, again, we're asking you, what's the one thing you want to know if you were guaranteed an honest answer? Um, Trent, did you support Khan's decision to hire Urban, or did you tell him it was a mistake? Mm. That's an interesting one right there. So, anyway, those guys will speak today, and uh, we should hear, I would believe, uh, both of those press conferences coming up on XL Primetime. So, let's welcome them in right now. Now, the two-minute drill brought to you by Tire Outlet. Keeping 1010XL talking with wholesale prices and premium service. Tire Outlet, Jacksonville's largest locally owned automotive repair shop. Uh, You have Arian Foster to thank for this one. What does the 2023 script look like for the Jacksonville Jaguars? That's another good one. Have you gotten it yet? Do you know if we're going to the playoffs yet? And if so, are we advancing further than we did 
last year. That's a good one. Uh, <laughs> Mia O'Brien is here with us. Good morning, Mia. Still morning. Had to check. Yes, good morning. Yeah, I know. I had a doctor's appointment earlier this morning, so I'm like trying to figure out what time of the day it is. And then, uh, we, then we were over at noon. Uh, Gator Bowl career day, but yeah, we're here. We're ready for noon hour on XL Primetime in just a little bit. All right, uh, Doug and Trent speak today. If you could ask any question you like, and a lot of questions that you'd like are going to get asked anyway, but if you could ask any one thing and get the absolute honest answer, what is the the thing that uh, you would ask? Uh, most likely, are you satisfied with your pass rushing core as it currently stands? Okay. I'm going to – see, I can easily mm-hmm. give you an honest answer without telling you – well, you know, Mia, uh, every team that considers themselves a contender is never really satisfied <laughs> with what we have. We're always striving to be Coach that. Speak. And, and right, but it would be an honest answer. Uh-huh. Yep. And, you know, so like – and, and that's not can a I, bad can, answer, yeah, yeah. by can, the way. Can I try another one? Sure. <laughs> yes. Um, who is your nickel corner in 2023? Okay, there you go. Oh. Now we're getting a little more brass tacks, there right? There you go. Well, well, Mia, what we'd like to do <laughs> is we'd like to foster competition in the offseason. No, but I, like, I'm with you. I want to know some specifics. I want to know, is Juwan Taylor going to be part of this team? Or like, You can't know that because Juwan has a say, but what is your confidence level? Where is your head at? On Jawan Taylor. I mean, there's a lot of people put a lot of good, you know, questions from the past, but also ones going forward. It's an exciting time. I'm, you know, last year, everyone, damn Trent Balky. This year, like, what's Trent going to say? <laughs> like, I at least I'm that way. I want to hear from Trent. I want to hear from Doug. I'm ready to hear from these guys. We've had enough downtime. Let's start cranking this thing back up, right? Yes, absolutely. And you're going to hear from both of those gentlemen. I uh, just got the AOK from Jaguars headquarters. We will be carrying those interviews on the radio. So make sure you're following along on the 1010XL 92.5 on your radio dial as we will have those interviews live from Indianapolis with Doug Peterson at 1230 and Trent Bulky at 1 or reverse the two. I forget which one is which, um, but those will be coming up in just a bit. And then you also can listen to them on the Jaguars social channels if you're not near a radio dial. I will uh, have plenty of breakdown and analysis of uh, what they have to say tomorrow on Jaguars today as you'll get all day right here on 1010XL and 92.5 FM. Uh, Mia, have a great show. Thank you. Going to have a lot to dig into today. Try to avoid the coach speak answers. Guys, who, <laughs> if you're in Indianapolis right now listening on the app, uh, congratulations to you for choosing wisely. And let's get as pointed as possible. Um, it'd be fun to get up there and just have people throw Jaguar-related questions at you and see if you could not give them an answer and make it through like 30 <laughs> minutes. You know, answer everyone, E. But not really uh-huh. answer any of them, yeah. you know. Uh, well, you know, uh, the nickel <laughs> corner—it's uh, going to be great competition. We feel, and whoever <laughs> comes out, all right. Uh, moving on, all right. That'll do it for us uh, today. Enjoyed having you sit in studio with us today, man. I, I like it here. What's man. Tony Salazar doing? Is he doing a good job over there? Yeah, Tony—he doing his thing, young Tony. He doing his thing, man. Okay, I, I gotta still watch over him. You know, what I'm train, training the—you kept uh, like uh, arms length. Yeah, yeah. Overwatch today. That's so. the young pup. All right, Tony, Tony looking like he wants to press that mic button. Not yet, young man. You haven't, <laughs> you haven't heard that yet. You, we'll, we'll talk to you down the road. All right, uh, for Tony Smith, for ET, I'm Mike Dempsey. Thanks to John Shipley for joining us uh, tomorrow. 
on the program, uh, you'll hear from Brad Meester going to join us. That's mm-hmm. going to be fun as we continue our uh, what the hell happened to these guys Wednesdays or whatever we decided. Where you been? Where you been? Oh, yeah. <laughs> See, I, knew, I knew I'd forget it. Right. Where you been Wednesday? Well, uh, we'll find out what Brad Meester's been up to for the last several years, although he's not an infrequent guest here on 1010XL. And we'll bring you all that audio uh, from Doug and Trent that you're going to hear live coming up beginning at 1230 from Indianapolis. Got you covered wall-to-wall with the Combine. The Frangie Show will be out there in Indianapolis. So stay tuned all day long to your flagship home for Jaguar football. For Tony, E.T., and Tony, I'm Mike Dempsey. Thank you for listening to Jaguars today on 1010XL and 92.5 FM.